Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Pruel Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast episode is sponsored by Astrology Hub's Academy. Wherever you are on your astrology journey, we have a class that will help you get to the next level. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. For those of you who are new to our channel, we are so happy that you're here. You've just joined a worldwide astrological conversation that's happening here every single week, featuring some of the world's best astrologers. And if you are new, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button and the notification bell, and you can dive into the whole world of videos that we have here on this channel. And or if you're listening on the podcast, you can listen to all the audios. But for right now, we're going to be talking about how astrology can help you make important financial decisions now and over the next few years. And we have brought here for all of you financial astrologer and author, Mitchell Scott Lewis. So just a little bit about Mitchell. He has been practicing for more than three decades. He has an international clientele of renowned physicians, financiers, and entertainment industry professionals. And he worked on the New York Mercantile Exchange throughout the 90s using astrology as a tool to help make different decisions as he was helping people with their finances. So Mitchell, I am so happy to have you back here on the Astrology Hub podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I can't wait to dive into this whole world of financial astrology with you here today. Thanks, Amanda. It's so great to be here. I love working with you and with your company. I know that for so many people, the financial reality is concerning. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. It continues to be more uncertain. There's a lot of variables people are talking about. And so having astrology as a part of your toolkit, I, I think of it as one more data point that you can consider as you're making your decisions. So you may, you may have financial advisors in your life. You may not. You probably have friends talking about what's happening with the economy or their own money. You have the news and what you hear there. You can add astrology to that, again, that toolkit as a data point that's helping you to see what's actually happening. Oh, and then you have yourself, then you have your intuition and you have your own internal guidance, right? But you can, you can take all of those different pieces of information and start to parse out, you know, what, what is true? What, what do I think is actually happening? Which, which of these things am I seeing? You know, there's predictions and there's things happening, but then what actually happens? And having astrology is one more of those places where you can look for for information is really, really helpful. I actually have people in my life now that go, you know, here's the economy is looking this way. Amanda, I know you hang out with a bunch of astrologers. What does the astrology say? You know, what, what's the astrology saying? And, and, and how can I use that to help me in my life? So Mitchell, I'd love to use this opportunity to talk about the different ways that financial astrology can help us because it's not only stocks and trading and the no. stock market, right? There's also the economy in general. So can you, can you talk to us about the difference between those two things and then how financial astrology can help us with those two different things? You're, you're absolutely right. The stock market is not the economy. 
as I pointed out in the webinar that we put out last summer, in the Depression, in the late 20s, after the, there was a depression from 1920 to 1922, then the stock market started to explode and ran up to 1929. Everybody knows about the crash of 29. And it was devastating because it, it wiped out a tremendous amount of money and a lot of faith. But people who have been trading their whole lives shrugged it off and they bought it back right away. And they thought, well, okay, you know, cleaned it out. And then in 1931, the market crashed almost 10 times deeper. In fact, the market went back to where it had gone in a depression in 1907. And it hit that very same point. And then it rallied for the next six and a half years. In the worst depression we've ever seen, when the whole world was starving, when people could not get jobs, when they were selling apples on the street for 10 cents and begging for change, the stock market goes up. And if you had money in the depression and you knew what you were doing, you came out of that depression immensely. People made a fortune during the depression. And as we were saying earlier, before we came on, not everybody wants to trade. Not everybody, you know, has that interest. I hear from a lot of people who say to me, I don't know what to do with my money. And I say to them, I give them some suggestions as to where to put it. And they say, but I know I'm not a trader. Yeah. I want to go and do this. I don't want to buy stocks and bonds. What can I do? Okay. Well, for one thing, you get yourself a good, what they call fiduciary investment counselor. Fiduciary mm. means that by law, they have to put your interests before their own. Mm. Some do, some probably don't, but that is, that is the rule. And if you have a good investment counselor who is, age has something to do with this. If they're too young, they may never have dealt with a bear more. Mm. If they're a little bit older, they've seen it before. So they say, okay, look, I've been here before. I have a lot of friends, of course, wailing about their 401ks right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there isn't very much you can do with that. You know, some people have a 401k or an IRA where they're, they're allowed to sell the stocks but leave the money in the account. So I will recommend, well, you know what? I would pull out of the stock market for the next year and just leave it on the sideline. And then a year later, I'll try to convince them to get put it back in the stocks. And you avoid this terrible up and down, nauseating feeling that you get when you look at, oh my God, I lost 8%, 10%, 12%. But again, not everybody's going to do that. And so when it comes to their financial, their individual financial decisions, mm -hmm. now you're talking about something different. Now you're talking more about lifestyle. If the markets are going to be weak for some time, as they have been the last year and a half, we're in a bear market. What do I do? Well, one thing, cash is king. You stash money away you save and you don't take that vacation or buy the new car or whatever it might be you hold on to your money for one thing it's going to help you get through the rough times smoother also if you have some money and things start to improve then you can make some decisions that maybe you've been waiting to make for example the housing on everybody's mind right the housing market was hot as can be through the last bunch of years. And I started warning, in fact, even in the 
the webinar that we put out last summer, that housing market's going to cool off. Yeah. For one thing, inflation has gone up. So the feds feel the only way to fight inflation is by raising interest rates. What happens when you raise interest rates? Mortgages go up. Then not only are you going to pay more if you buy a new house, but you may not qualify. Mm. And so all of that is starting to seep into the housing market. And the housing market is, in a, is a mess right now, especially in certain cities. Remember, the whole world doesn't trade at the same time. Uh, for example, in the crash of 08, you could have bought a house in Las Vegas for $17,000 that today is worth a million and a half. Mm. Because everybody had overextended. They had bought one, too many houses and they were investing in houses because that was what you did. And you didn't have astrology, seriously, to tell them this is the end of it. Look, it's the same thing I did when I was on the floor and the dot-com bubble hit. Yeah. The, the dot-com bubble hit, they, people had a, a, a company called dogs.com. It had nothing, didn't even have a store. But the stock went from 80 cents to $75. And nothing. Okay, it's astrology. Jupiter and Uranus went into Aquarius. Aquarius rules technology. It rules the NASDAQ. And these two planets, Uranus rules Aquarius and Jupiter's expansion and growth, go into Aquarius and this whole, the whole NASDAQ explodes. Then Jupiter left Aquarius. Astrologers know this. Other people don't. Now, they may have instincts, like you said before. Intuition is very powerful. There are people down on Wall Street that have never looked at a, an astrology chart in their lives. They're worth billions of dollars. But the tool that astrology is and the, the extra little edge that it gives you. My God, I mean, I can't even tell you. Amanda, I've been doing financial astrology for decades. And, you know, as soon as I got a handle on it, I started to make money right away. Now, I also had to learn my lesson. You got to get your, you know, what kicked a few times. <laughs> oh, I'm, everything I do is great. I'll give you one quick example. Silver. Silver is ruled by the moon. It's a very volatile market. It goes up and down quite a bit. And here I am. I'm making money like crazy. And all the, the, the counts are going up. And I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm going to retire very soon. And, and, I, and I, I walk in in the morning on a new moon in Aries. And I said, oh, this, this market's going to explode. So that the clearing house, these are the people who put the trades to, they call me up on the phone. They say, what do you want to do? You have a pretty big silver position. What do you want to do? Where do you want your stop? If a market, let's say a stock is trading or a commodity is trading at 20 and you want to put a stop in, you put the stop in at 16. So if it hits there, you're automatically out and you don't get crushed. It's arrogant. I said, oh, I'm going to watch the open. Let's wait and see what happens. It wasn't a new moon in Aries. It was a new moon eclipse in Aries. I hadn't been doing this long enough to know. Now I know. And so it opened up, it crashed, and I lost most of my account. Wow. In four or five minutes. Wow. Oh, what a lesson that was. Right. And I had a backer who was backing me, and he's a very wealthy guy. And he calls me up. He says, what did you do, you son of a... What did you do? Get out of the trade. I said, leave it. It's going to come back. He said, leave this. Just get out. So he goes out, and he closes. He says to me, he closes down the account. He says, I'm putting you out of business. Oh, my God. 
everything was going along so well. Now I'm going home with my tail between my legs. And oh, no, go. because you didn't see it was an eclipse and you didn't know the eclipse would change it everything. Arrogant. Wow. Interesting. By the way, just to finish that story. Yeah. Two weeks later, he called me up. He said, did you learn your lesson? I said, yeah, always put a stop in. He said, okay, I'm opening up another account for you and you don't have to pay back the losses. Oh, good. That's good. I, I like that. He made him money and he liked to have telling his friends that he had an astrology working for him. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, so we, have, we have how astrology can help us read the stock market, which is different than the economy. But you can also use astrology to read the economy. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about that because we started talking about that, at least with the dot-com bubble burst. We talked about that a little bit. We talked a little bit about the housing market. How, how does astrology in general help us with the economy? Okay. We're in a period this year, 2023 is quite a remarkable year, astrologically. Jupiter has changed signs. It's now in Aries. Saturn is about to move into Pisces in March. And Pluto is about to enter its long, long journey through Aquarius. Each of these will have an effect on our personal lives, on our personal charts, and on the world. Just like when Mars was retrograde for quite a bunch of months, and it starts to go direct, and a lot of people want me to write articles for them, so would you write about it? So I did, and I wrote for the NCGR and some of the other groups. And I said, well, for one thing, when Mars is in retrograde, historically, whoever is the aggressor loses. Mm. This is true to the ancient Greeks. I mean, I've gone back and done all this kind of homework because I'm a lunatic. And I said, look at what's happened to Russia in Ukraine. They're getting crushed here and they're pushed out here and they're pushed out there. I said, but when Mars goes direct, you're going to see an escalation in the war. That's exactly what has happened. Russia is preparing a whole new group of troops. The Europeans are giving the Ukrainians tanks. It's going to explode. So when it comes to the finances of the world, now Jupiter going into Aries, I said, I believe would, as it has historically, be bullish for the market. That doesn't mean we are going to have a bull market for the next year, but I expected the stock market to go up. Since it went in there, the stock market has been exploding the last two weeks. Really just unbelievable. Two, three, four hundred points a day, and it's really doing great. Is that going to continue? Well, time will tell. And again, you need to know how to trade. But that's one thing. We have what I believe is a bottom being put into this bear market. Doesn't mean it's not going to go down and back up and down and back up. That's the nature of the beast, that's what it does. You markets move. However, there is growth in certain segments and there's been a shrinkage in others. For example, Saturn's been in Aquarius. It's getting ready to go into Pisces. Aquarius, like I said earlier, rules technological things. What have the tech stocks been doing in the last two and a half years with Saturn and Aquarius? They're getting crushed. Apple is doing better than the others. It's only down 25%. Tesla's down 63%. This is, you know, a tremendous amount of money has been lost on paper. 
with Saturn being the planet of restriction, traveling through the tech stocks. I knew. I told people. I warned them. I said, stay away from the techs. Mm-hmm. You want to trade? You feel like you're going to buy or short the tech stocks. That means you're selling what you don't own. You're allowed to do that and stuff. Do you think Saturn moving into Pisces will then alleviate some of the pressure on the tech stocks? Yes. And but then it, you, but it will, where, where will it add pressure? Housing Okay. So Saturn moving into Pisces, which is happening in March, and then Saturn will be in Pisces for two and a half years-ish, right? You're seeing then the housing market get squeezed or restricted during that time. Why, why are you saying Pisces is related to the housing market? Each of the signs has a certain energy. When the housing market bubble collapsed in 2005, I also, not to blow my own horn, but I predicted that on coast to coast. And I predicted, or maybe I was not coast to coast yet, I don't remember, but in lectures all over the place and, and in my writing, because for two and a half years, Saturn had been in Cancer, which is the opposite sign of what it rules. I'm a Cancer, you're a Capricorn. We are opposites. And then it moved into Leo and began to oppose Neptune which rules Pisces. Neptune is by nature a, a not interested in material things. Now, there are plenty of Pisces who are wealthy. It's not a matter of that. But the energy of Pisces and Neptune is much more involved and interested in spiritual things, in inner growth. And so very often when Neptune opposes or squares or conjuncts the sun, we have a very bad few days in Stockholm. So what happened was Saturn enters Leo and the very week, July 2005, that Saturn left Cancer, the top of the housing bubble happened. And it starts to come off after years of rising up. How many times, Amanda, I have seen the exactitude of these transits hit, and I say to myself, it makes me laugh. Yeah. I, said, I expected, but well, this is crazy. Same thing happened. Mind blowing every time, isn't right. it? So Saturn goes into Leo and it begins to oppose Neptune. Neptune dissolved Saturn. Mm, Saturn rules banking, housing market. Okay. And what happened was the Mortgage debacle took place where people, banks were giving you a mortgage. You made $30,000 a year. They were selling your house for $750,000. Yes. If you lived to be five hundred, you couldn't pay off that house. Yes. Then they were wrapping those up and calling them securities and selling them as investments to Italy and Spain and Portugal mm. and Iceland and Ireland and, of course, to Americans as well. And it's it awesome. collapsed. The entire world economy. We mm. came this close to a second Great Depression. Mm. It was policies that were put in place by the government and the strength of the US dollar and bonds that saved the world, frankly. Mm. And so that's an example of Neptune doing its job, which is to take away, you know, when you go through a, a, a Neptune transit. Very often you lose things, you lose money, you lose stuff, people will leave your life. Why? Because you have other lessons to learn. Hmm. Now, with Saturn going into Neptune rule Pisces, 
we're already seeing the decline of the housing market. And I believe, I don't think the housing market's going to collapse like it did in 2005. You have to take into account fundamentals, things that are happening in the world. Why are we having such a bear market? Well, there's inflation. Why are we having inflation? Well, COVID, the war in Ukraine, price of oil goes up. I cover all of the different periods of inflation that we've had since the turn of the 20th century in that July forecast, the July webinar. Now, what you need to do is you say, okay, let's say Mitchell's right. The housing market is going to be weak. Well, how weak is it going to be? And what about my city? And what do I do if I want to buy a house or sell a house? What's a good time to do that? Then you have to do the homework. Hmm. Look, a lot of people want astrology to poof, and it's all that. Wave a magic wand over my chart and everything's good. It doesn't work that way. It's a tool you need to use. So Mitchell, would you, when you're saying do the homework, would you look at your individual natal chart to, and compare it against the energy of Saturn and Pisces, for example, or would you look at the chart of your city or town? For, or, or like, how would you do that? That's a good question. There are different ways that, that you need to, different things you need to consider. I would say 75% of the time, your stock will go up or down based on whether the S&P goes up or down. S&P is 500 stocks. And the New York Stock Exchange and the Dow and the Nasdaq, they move with the collective. The individual, now your individual chart has a lot to do with what you should be doing with your finances. No question about it. Hmm. What I, I, I talk to many people through the year, every year, about their personal finances. You want to buy a house? Okay. How much money do you have? How much do you want to spend on the house? Are you going to spend too much because you want a bigger place than your brother or your friend or whatever? And then are you going to leave yourself in a lurch? If the property value goes down, then you can't refinance. Well, then I look at the individual's chart and I say, well, what, who is this person? What are they, how do they look at things? What are their values? What's important to them? Sometimes somebody will come to me for financial advice. And I'll give them financial advice and they'll call me back for another reading a month later. I'll say, okay, whatever it is. Well, they're getting divorced. They didn't see it. If I'm not looking for it, I can't predict that. If they talk to me about their marriage or they took us so much to cover it, you can't. Or they lost their job or whatever the situation is. And so we have to then look at their financial situation differently. I have no problem with changing my mind or with reviewing a chart. When circumstances change, that's when people tend to come to astrologers. Very rarely do people come to astrologers because things are going too well. Right. <laughs> so you look at the individual, your individual chart and your individual circumstances. My mother died. I've got an inheritance. It's sitting in a bank. It's not doing anything. What should I do with the money? Okay. That's what we talk about. I want to buy a house, but I'm living in a house now. I need to sell that first. Well, with a weak housing market, you may have a hard time selling your house. And mm. you may sell it at a much lower price than you had planned on. Ah. So it might take a little longer for you to be able to buy that house up the street that you have your eye on. 
Okay. That's where the individual stuff kicks in and connects with the collective. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So we, we can tell from the global astrology, like the global astrology being, for example, Saturn moving into Pisces. That's for everybody. That's not an individual thing happening. That's for all of us. So that's happening. And we can see from that, that probably the housing market is going to weaken under that energetic influence. I think it then, would be an extended period of weakness, but not necessarily. An extended right. period, the whole two and a half years? Yeah, there'll be ups and downs. Okay. All right. So then within that, if you're trying to make decisions about what to do with your money during this weekend housing market under this astrological influence, then you would want to consult your personal situation. You would want to consult your chart and what your chart says about your personal financial outlook, right? Absolutely. Okay. And these are the kinds of things that we're covering in this webinar series so that we're going to be talking about the global transits that are affecting everybody. You're going, Mitchell, in and selecting certain stocks and and different companies or sectors that actually look like... This is what I want to focus on a little more. Right. Sectors. So so we are, we talked about tech. We talked about what other things did we talk about today? Well, I mean, there's the energy sector, there's the materials, there's right. utilities, there's right. uh, many, and, and housing. Right. And for example, with the housing market, maybe you want to get a, a purchase. Some, some people want to buy a second house for income or whatever it might be. Right. Is it the time to do it? Yeah. You know, if it depends also on, among other things, your age. If you're 40, you'll invest one way. If you're 70, you should be investing a different way. Well, and like you brought up before, if you're dependent on something else to sell quickly and at a high price, that might be an issue because of what's happening right now. Okay, so we're talking housing market. I know that economically people are also concerned and i'm not asking you to give answers here but but how can astrology help us when we're looking at things like inflation or the rising costs of food you know the, the... for one thing amanda in the in the july webinar mm-hmm. i told you i told our audience inflation is temporary yep it's already gone down from almost nine percent to six you know what's amazing about when you did that, Mitchell, is that that was at a, a period of, of heightened hysteria. And that was one of the reasons why I invited you on to do that webinar with us is because I, I could sense and feel in myself there was this, this panic that was happening that things are completely falling apart and we're in a, you know, the, the inflation is just going to keep going up and up and up and up and, you know, right. people aren't going to be able to feed their families. And I know for some people that may be true, but it wasn't at the level that the media and that, you know, just sort of the collective conversation was at. It, it didn't happen that way. And you were already looking at the astrology saying, this isn't, this isn't, this has a top and it's not going to just continue rising out of control. This will get contained. And so the message was really grounding for all of us at the time. And that's again, one of the gifts of astrology, especially as we look at our finances, is like, what is hype? What is, what is you know, uh, fear-mongering? And what, what does the astrology say about what's actually happening and what's actually going to happen? Well, that's, 
That's exactly what I try and do, not just with finances, but people come to me hysterical because their lives are falling apart. And yep. After an hour and a half reading or so, you calm down. Right. And I say to them, now take a long walk by the river. Don't throw yourself in. It's going to be fine. You're going yeah. to get through this. Yeah. It does give people a great deal of solace. But again, you have to be accurate. Just telling everybody it's everything's wonderful, being a Pollyanna, and then six months later they're in worse shape. That's not doing anybody any good. No, no. So, so with the markets now, the ingress of these three planets into the new signs, Jupiter is doing its thing. Stocks are rising. They're going to be ups and downs, but the stocks are rising. And some of them are doing just remarkably. As Saturn gets ready to leave, Aquarius, the tech stocks are going to recover. So where the last couple of years, equities were the last place you wanted to put your money. Now, I feel, it's just my opinion, but using the tools that I have, that the stocks are starting to look very attractive again. And I believe, I, I, I don't chase a dog. I keep it on a leash. <laughs> I believe that if you... Invest slowly and carefully. Again, it's, it, you know, you have to use common sense. And the old saying, common sense is not that common. Yeah. I'm buying stocks. I'm buying a little here, a little there. I like a company. I'll buy a bunch. I'll take a look. It goes upward. Whatever it's doing, I like it. I'll buy a little bit more. And if I don't like what it's doing, I'll sell it. If I lose a small amount, that's part of the game. Now, again, not everybody out there wants to. Buy and sell stocks. That's okay. Inflation is being tamed worldwide. It's much less than it was. For one thing, energy prices, which is what spikes inflation almost always, Europe has cut itself off from Russian gas, and they've done it rather successfully. And so the price of oil and gas have been going down. For months, at the peak, I think a gallon of gas here was almost $6 a gallon. Now it's around three. Hmm. Hasn't recovered like that in Hawaii. I wish it had. We're we're still close to $6. But Hawaii is a different case. Remember, you got to ship everything in. Right. You can't drive a truck to Hawaii. Right. And there are built-in costs. It's one of the reasons why Hawaii is such an expensive place to the cost of living in paradise, eh? But you got the birds and, you- <laughs> and the flowers. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I digress. Okay. Okay. So. So. All right. So. Uh, now, could something change geopolitically or in some other way? Absolutely. Russia blows up, you know, the Paris. Okay. Then all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Something happens politically in the U.S. or in the world events and changes the dynamics of the economy, well, then you have to redesign it. But as things stand now, inflation has been tamed. They will continue to tame it. Unfortunately, the price of taming inflation means a lot of people lose their jobs. Uh, Interest rates continue to go up, which is a mixed blessing. For many years, buying bonds was a waste of time. Now, the two-year bonds are paying almost 4.5%. That's a great return. It's not 
what you're going to get in a bull stock, a stock market, but it's keeping up with inflation. At least it's protecting your money and it's bringing in passive income. Yeah. And it's not a long term. You don't have to buy a 30-year bond, you buy a two-year bond. You can buy a three-month bond and you get some money. Every single quarter, you're going to get money put into your account. Yeah. Then when things settle down and everything feels good and it looks like there's a bull market, you sell the bonds and you buy the stocks. Okay, we have Jupiter going to Aries, Saturn into Pisces. We've talked about both those a little bit and Pluto and Aquarius. And I know you cover these at more length in the first quarter financial astrology webinar that we've already released that is available to any of you. If you decide you want to join the whole year and get a quarterly financial outlook update from Mitchell each quarter, then you can actually pay for the whole year at once and get one of the quarters free, which is an awesome deal. But if you just want to try it out and see if you like it and just kind of do it quarter by quarter, you also can do that. So that's available for you right now at astrologyhub.com slash outlook. And you can learn more about the quarterly financial astrology webinar series that Mitchell is producing for us. Again, the reason this was a response from us to what is keeping us up at night? You know, what, what are people really concerned about? And obviously the economy, your, your financial security, and the way that things are going is of utmost concern for most people. And so we wanted to just bring astrology in again as another tool, another perspective, another data point that you can lean on as you're making decisions about your, your to, life. To put it in perspective, a lot of people like to be hysterical. Gives them something to do. Oh, I'm and the price of eggs. If I read one more thing on Facebook about the price of eggs, I understand. Price of eggs are high. I don't have to like eggs, but that's besides. Eventually, they're going to come back down. There are reasons why eggs went up. There, there's avian flu in different parts of the world. There's a shortage of chickens. It reminds me of the old joke about the farmer who invents a four-legged chicken. And the reporter comes and says, how do they taste? The farmer says, I don't know. I haven't caught one yet. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, Mitchell. <laughs> so, so people like to have something to rant and rave about. I, I understand. We all do. I like it. Yeah. But put it in perspective. The world isn't coming to an end. We're, the people are always having babies. Uh, you know, the, it's, it's going, we're going to keep going on for a long time. There are real changes happening. Pluto going into Aquarius, which we were, I think you were about to bring up. Yeah. Pluto rules energy. It rules oil, natural gas, and coal. There are astrologers out there who will disagree with me, and not to be arrogant, but they won't. I spent a decade studying the oil markets and the history of it, and I, I bring that up in the the first webinar we have, just to show you, here's when Saturn, when it went, when Pluto went into Aquarius, I mean, into Sagittarius, expansive, and it runs up. Here's when it goes into Capricorn and it collapses. Here's when it conjuncts Saturn and it goes to below zero. In 2020, the price of oil went to below zero. It cost the oil companies more money to hold the oil than it was worth. They were saying to people, take it, please. Now, had you bought the oil futures then, be a very happy camper today because it ran up to over $100. Mm. 
Wow. These are the kind of trades you wait for your entire life. If you had one or two a year, my God. Last year with the three stocks that I, over the last two years, AMC and, and uh, CGC, which is a marijuana company out of Canada, the other one right offhand, they, they, they were tremendous trades. And I was very happy. And you don't get piggy. I told you before, there's an old saying on Wall Street, bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. Mm. take the money off the table. You sell three quarters of it. You keep a little on it. Whatever it is, you do that over and over and over again. You make a lot of money and you have your security. It's not about the money. It's not screwed sitting there going. <laughs> it's about having security and being able to put your kids through college and buying a house and taking a vacation and not losing your mind because, oh my God, I can't pay the bills. So you use all of these tools. You don't want to trade stocks? I don't blame you. Frankly, day trading is nuts. That's what I did for years in the commodities exchange. Oh, my God. I saw people have nervous breakdowns, heart attacks. It's, it's nuts. Definitely not for everyone. Like I know I will never be a day trader. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in our audience who feel the same way. We just sure. want to use the astrology as a place of input for, for what's happening. I will always give the broad sense of what's happening in all the markets, including bonds and the dollar and the international and all this other stuff. Then we will look at individual sectors or stocks. If I see something very attractive, I will carefully, you know, offer that. But just having that alone should help people make decisions about their lives. I think it's time for me to retire. I'm 65, 7, 68, whatever it is. What do you think? Well, I have to look at your chart. I have to look at what your investments are. I don't want to know your bank account numbers or anything like that. I want to know when, oh, I got a half million dollars in this. I got 400,000 over there. I got whatever it is. Okay. What is your cost of living? What are, you, what, are you, what are your goals? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? If you take too much out every year, you're going to be broke when you're 81. You take out just enough, and that's when you need a financial advisor who sets up estate planning for you. So Mitchell, you're, basically, we're going to be getting guidance again that we can apply collectively. That we, where we're watching the 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 cosmic tides and how those are affecting the financial our financial reality here on Earth, and, and if then, you want how they're affecting you individually. Yes, and then if you want how they're affecting you individually, and you're going to continue to give us insights into how to look at our own charts and interpret our mm -hmm. charts from a financial astrology lens or angle yes very often some of these issues require a personal yes uh, session just to yes. up stuff but yes. i and i'm also going to discuss because people you know many of your of your followers study astrology and they know quite a bit about it mm -hmm. so i'm going to show what makes a day trader what makes a long-term position trader now, people say to me, based on my chart, what stock should I buy? That's, that's silly. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you buy the stocks that go up and you sell the ones that go down. But it does have a lot to do with how they trade. Well, Mitchell, we are really looking forward to having your guidance all year long so that people can continue to tune in every quarter, get a lay of the land, 
get some idea of the direction of both the markets and the economy, because we've established that those are two different things and they're not always going in the same direction. So giving, giving us some insights into the direction that those two things are going in. Also, if there's any specific things that are really standing out that we need to be aware of, bringing our awareness to those things. And then also continuing to teach us how to take some of these tools and apply them ourselves and or know when we've hit that limit and it's time for a reading with a professional that can help us look at our chart and really understand it. So Mitchell, I am so grateful that you're here with us and really looking forward to all the ways that we get to share your wisdom with our community this year. I love working with you. I love your team. You guys are great. You have very talented people working with you at and it's just, and your, your audience has been very, very appreciative and, and nice. They're, you know, you got a lot of lovely people there. I love hearing that. I love when the astrologers reflect that about the community, because I agree, we have amazing people out there and just real earnest, sincere curiosity about how to live a better life. And of course, our financial reality is a part of that. So just knowing that astrology can help us in that way too is just amazing. My goal is to help. That's why I became an astrologer. I, I, I simply, I want to help people. It's, it's just part of my nature. And so anything that I can do to help, but especially people that I'm friends with and I make friends with. <laughs> so, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible thing if we found a couple of good investments for you. I would love that. I can... I would be a great um, case study for you. So my dad listened to the first quarterly financial outlook and he said, I am listening to Michael Lewis, amazing stuff, a classic Manhattan man and so smart. I think your brothers would love this. And what's interesting about that is none of my brothers are into astrology. My dad really doesn't know much about astrology either, but this for them is super fascinating that there could be other influences that are affecting their their work, their jobs, their their uh, investments, you know, all those things. So I love that you're in our lives. Mitchell, thank you so much. And for any of you who want to join us for this journey all year long, you can either decide to get one quarter free and sign up for the whole year, or you can just try this first webinar. It's available now. If you go to astrologyhub.com slash outlook and you purchase the first webinar now, You'll get instant access to it. You'll have lifetime access to it. Also, if you want to check out the July webinar that Mitchell did for us, it's awesome. It goes through a lot of the history, a lot of the economic cycles, and it tracks the astrology with those cycles. And so you can see how much the astrology has influenced both the stock market and the economy. And it just helps to give confidence as you're looking at the astrology now and how it's affecting your finances. For me, seeing those cycles and all the correlations and all of the ways that it, it, it was sort of written in the stars, you know, a lot of the ups and downs, it can just make me feel a lot more confident in trusting the astrology now as I look forward. And it's very, very entertaining. It's, it's actually so well done, Mitchell. So go check that out. We're going to put the link for that in the, the description of this episode. And it's also on the screen. So you can just go to that link right now. And looking forward to connecting with all of you as part as students in this class, this series of webinars, you're able to ask your direct questions to Mitchell underneath the video where you're, you're watching the, the webinars. 
And Mitchell's been so good about going in and answering questions. So if, if you do watch the webinar and you have questions, he will go in and, and, and address those. So it's, it's an amazing experience that we all get to have together this year. Another tool in the toolkit, like I've said, and we're looking forward to sharing it with all of you. So Mitchell, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all of your input and guidance. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Amanda. And again, to you and your whole team. All right. That's terrific. And I, I really look forward to continuing the work. Same. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, for being a part of our community, and as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. After what's been going on for the past few years, you need to start making some wise financial decisions. If you're feeling lost and don't know where to start, we got some quick tips from an expert for you. Let's hear what financial astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis has to say. I think that astrology is a good tool to have at any time. A lot of people want to know, what can I do to improve my financial world? What can I do to improve my retirement fund? Believe me, I made money. I knew nothing, nothing about Wall Street commodities or anything else. And because of astrology, my very first trade found the top of the cotton market. And I made thousands of dollars within two weeks of going on the floor. 2023 was a particularly volatile year with three of the major planets changing signs. What I hope people get out of this webinar is some useful tools. By the end of the series, I would like people to have a good indication of how astrology works in the financial markets, a usable concept about how they can go about making trades and investments for themselves. And I believe that astrology will allow you to do that. So are you feeling inspired to make 2023 the year of your financial transformation? Just head to astrologyhub.com forward slash outlook to start making some wise financial moves right now. Mitch has been helping his clients for over 30 years, so you can rest assured you'll be in good hands. Again, it's astrologyhub.com forward slash outlook, and I hope to see you there. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.